Welcome back to another episode of Rewilding for Women, where we talk about stepping into our fullness, stepping into our allness, or the different aspects of self awakening, enlivening, opening up to soul gifts, opening up to our deepest heart's desires, and some of the more hidden realms within woman. I'm your host, Sabrina Lynn, founder of Rewilding. Today's episode is on archetypes and archetypal work. Don't be bored. So you might hear the word archetype and go, oh my God, I'd rather stick a fork in my eye. This is going to be boring as batshit. This is an episode that talks about how to traverse the realms of consciousness, how to work with archetypes in a way, or how to work with other practices. It's not even just about archetypes, but how to work with other practices that will start to awaken us and open us to a different way of being in the world, a different level of consciousness or a different level of vibration in the world. So that's enough. I'll leave it at that. Um, This episode was recorded live in our Rewilding for Women Facebook group. We do that weekly every Wednesday. Um, We're doing it for the next couple of months. So if you want to get in on the live recording, it's video, it's beautiful. That's where the comments are coming in. And when you see I'm answering questions at the end, it's actually from women who are live on those Facebook video live stream recordings. So if you're up for it, hop on over to Facebook, just type in Rewilding for Women and our group will come up, ask to join, click on events, and you'll see the next um, the next event posting, which will tell you when we're recording the next, the, the next episode. All right, that's it for me. Enjoy the episode. I think it's beautiful to always keep in mind that we're actually sitting in a circle of women from around the world. And I think we sometimes forget that. Like we get on a live stream or we start watching a screen and we forget that there's actually this container that's holding us. There's this kind of vortex of Shakti or or that big juicy energy that sits in the middle of all of us. And to me, that's that's pretty powerful that we can do things like this, that we can gather in this way, that we can be together with women from around the globe, um, holding the intentions that we're holding, which are very different for all of us, but I think there's a common thread. And the common thread to me is that stepping into more of self, um, stepping into our fullness, stepping into our allness, uncovering those parts of ourselves that we've maybe kept hidden or that maybe weren't accepted. So to me, that's, that's always kind of the common thread. It doesn't have to be this big spiritual thing or this huge awakening thing. It can just be, I just want to find me. I just want to peel back some of the layers that might not be me, or I want to open a little bit more to what's authentically in my heart, or I want to figure out what this soul thing is, or I want to get closer connected to my intuition. So to me, that's the common thread that that brings us here. Okay, I think that's enough. I'm not sure if anybody new is on. Um, 
Heather, I'm live once again, it's been months. All right, we can consider Heather to be our newbie today um, because I don't see anybody else's comments of saying that they're new. But for all of you who might be new and you're just not wanting to leave a comment or maybe you don't figure out the comment thing, that's totally cool, welcome. Before we dive in, if we can all just take three really big breaths together. So I'm going to open up the door to these archetypes. I want to have a big, real, raw, honest, juicy conversation about why on earth we want to work with these archetypes. What are the pitfalls of working with the archetypes? What to watch out for? And then the gifts. So what are the gifts in the archetypes? Amy! Hi, sister. <laughs> First time here. Welcome, Amy. That's beautiful. Um, that makes my heart sing. All right, so we are about to take three really big breaths together. And when you take a big breath in together, I'm going to invite you to open the whole of your body. So now this becomes not just a mental thing that we're engaging in. We're actually starting to traverse some of the other realms, right? We're starting to open up our body to some of the deeper wisdom. So breathing and breathing all the way into the base of your spine. And I see that Jen is new here. I see that Teresa is new here. I found it first time. Um, Lydia, late night in Norway. It is late for you, woman. Welcome. Yay! Um, so that was our first big breath together. So for those of you who just joined, we're taking some big breaths together to open up this central channel. So breathing in again, all the way down to the base of the spine, opening up, opening up, opening up, opening up, opening up. So opening up that first chakra, opening, 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 use breath, use breath, use breath, use breath, use movement, use movement, use movement. Open up that first chakra, right? That's where the divine feminine sits. All right, we're gonna do one last breath together. And hi, beautiful, hi, I just woke up. I'm sorry that you're waking up and I'm, and I'm in your face talking about open, 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 open. All right, this is our last breath in together. One really big, 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 big breath all the way to the base of the spine. First chakra, first chakra, filling first chakra, opening, opening, letting the whole body start to move. And then breathing, exhaling kind of allowing everything to open as you exhale out. Whew. It is good to be in circle. <laughs> um, can you tell I haven't done a live event for a while? Like I am ready to take us into workshop. Um, I won't. We're going to keep it calm. We're going to keep it on a level one. <laughs> uh, but I do want to go into the archetypes and I want to talk about them um, for maybe about 20, 25, 30 minutes, and I want to leave questions for the end. So if you've got questions specific to archetypes, specific to working with the archetypes, or anything that pops up while we're chatting, feel free to interact with each other. Um, when I start talking, it's really hard for me to engage in the comments. I see them, and, and they're beautiful, and sometimes I will catch glimpses of them, and they're just like, ah! Um, but I absolutely invite you all to interact with each other. But then at the end, I'll leave some time for Dusty. Hi, you're new. Welcome, sister. Um, I'll leave some time for questions. Okay, so first and foremost, when we start to talk about archetypes, we need to define them. How I define archetypes is it's a pattern of energy. So it's a pattern of energy that exists within us, but also out in the collective. So it's not just personal to us, it also exists in the collective. That pattern of energy has specific characteristics to it. 
So let's look at, I like lover. I'm on a lover kick at the moment, probably because we're working with Lilith so strongly, but let's look at the lover. And if you feel into characteristics of lover, right? There are certain words that will explain what lover is. Um, words like sensual, words like open, words like connecting, words like sexuality start to come into play, words like union start to come into play. So when we feel into an archetype, it's a universal energetic imprint. Now, here's the interesting thing about archetypes is there are different levels to them. I don't know that we always talk about this, but I like to talk about it so that it gives us a framework and it gives us a good understanding of where we can go with archetypes and what the different levels can open us to or give us access to or how they can help us heal. So the first level of archetype, I would say, and I don't have good words for these yet, it's all still kind of forming um, in my mind, but the first level of archetype, oh, Carolyn, I'm glad you said that, creativity, absolutely for the lover, that's a beautiful word to add in there. So for the first level of archetypal explanation or energy, it would be as close to related to physical world as possible right? So it would be like you being a lover in the bedroom or you being a lover with your partner. It's very much in this particular state of consciousness, our average everyday waking state of consciousness, right? That's one level of archetypal energy that we can talk about. Now, Carolyn Mace does beautiful work with that level of archetypal energy, soul contracts, and her archetypes, most of them, or a lot of them, sit on that, that playing field. And there are gifts there. There's a lot of gifts there. And maybe I'll talk about that after I explain the, the three levels. Now, if you move up a level, so now you're getting into, I used to call this lower archetypal realm. Let's call it middle archetypal. We'll go lower, middle, upper. How about that? So that was a lower. Middle archetypal realm starts to bring you into the gods and goddesses. So if we're sticking with lover, now if we go up to the middle archetypal realm, you start to feel into Venus or Aphrodite, right? Can you start to feel, it's almost as if you start to move up a notch. So now it becomes less personal. It becomes more, mm, more intangible. It becomes a little bit more outside of our everyday waking consciousness. So if I now want to embody Aphrodite, right, which is a middle level archetypal energy, I want to embody her or I want to work with her gifts or I want to open to her or I want to meditate with her, I start to shift states of consciousness. So I start to move up a notch into a different state of consciousness. I don't have to not be present here, but energetically, I move up a level. So now I'm here. Now I'm no longer just plain old Sabrina. I'm not little Sabrina anymore. I've moved up. 
So that's middle realms. So I would say archetypes um, like Venus, archetypes like Mars, archetypes, I'm trying to think of some that we've worked with recently or that we've talked about recently in rewilding. Um, archetypes, th those sorts of archetypes are here in the middle realm. Now, when you get to the upper realm of archetypes, now you start to get into sacred archetypes. You start to get into archetypes that now start to hold sacred juice. They start to hold awakening juice. They start awakening juice from a spiritual standpoint, from a very high vibratory standpoint. So if we're sticking with the lover, the face of the lover, right, we've got kind of the average everyday um, lover that we've talked about the characteristics and the different words. Then we've moved up to the Venus Aphrodite. Now, if we're gonna go into upper archetypal realm, now you would start to get into Lalita, right? Lalita is a very high vibratory archetypal energy. Lalita is all about sacred sexuality. So now lower level, you can feel that was just me having sex with my partner, right? And then Aphrodite would be like me embodying a bigger sensualness, a bigger feminine, a more connected feminine, and I could still be making love. Now when I get up here, and now I'm working with the energy of Lolita, and I'm opening up to Lolita, I am touching the divine. I could still be making love in the physical world, but I'm actually touching the divine. The man I'm making love or the woman I'm making love with becomes the divine. I am actually making love to the divine when I'm at that height. Does that make sense? That's upper archetypal realm. So that was a long description, but it's very useful and very valuable. So when we look at, and I can only really talk about archetypes and rewilding, right? And, and our framework, every person teaches archetypes differently or they teach a different, some only work with the Indian pantheon, some only work with the Greco-Roman pantheon. I kind of mix them, right? I weave Christian archetypes in with Greco-Roman, with, um, with Isis, right? All, all sorts of combinations and mixtures and it's just whatever energies have arisen either in me, for me, or in women's circles that I've been in. So <clears throat> now that we've got kind of an explanation of the archetypes, the next thing that I wanna say is archetypal work isn't necessarily for everyone. It's not. Just like shamanism isn't necessarily for everyone. Just like tantra isn't necessarily for everyone. It's a path. It's a path. It's a way of opening doors. It's tools. It's a way of traversing the realms of self. It's a way of purifying self. It's a way of awakening. It's a way of, of moving up to higher states of consciousness. It's one way. One way. Not always. So something else to share about that is... While it might not be your way, what I would say is it's worth trying. It's worth seeing what happens. And I share that because of my own personal experience 
with archetypes. I did not understand myth at all. I thought it was the most ridiculous thing to be studying when I was in high school. I remember studying Apollo and Venus and all of these Greek gods. And I was like, wow, you guys are just wasting your time. I don't understand why you're telling these really silly made up stories about these, these unreal things. Fast forward a little bit. And I was on my awakening path, um, studying a lot of, uh, very masculine practices, doing a lot with the divine masculine, a lot with the upper archetype, the upper chakras. And I had this thing in my mind, goddesses are fluffy, airy, fairy, fa-la-la. I don't want to study goddesses. And I, I was studying energetic healing. I was studying meditation. I was studying shamanism. So I was already really well immersed into things. And I had this wild thing in my mind that it was a waste of time, that it was fluffy, that it was airy fairy, that it was all just, you know, like off with the pixies. And that's not my thing <laughs> until I actually did some archetypal embodiment and I got my ass handed to me and it was amazing and nothing else took me into those places like the archetypal embodiment practices did or working with the archetypes so I share that and I also want to let you know that it's not just me that's had those experiences. It's a lot of women that I work with. Heck, there are women who have worked in rewilding with me for two and a half years, and they don't give a rip about the archetypes. They don't care. They could be going into Isis or Kali or Parvati, or, and they won't even know who it is, nor will they remember, nor will they even have any sort of framework for it or reference point to it. They're like, I don't know what archetype that is. All I know is that it helps me to access something in me that nothing else has helped me to access. Beautiful. They have no interest in the myth, no interest in anything other than purely the energetics and purely the gift and the door opening that they provide. So when we ask the question, what's the point or what can archetypes do for us? Let's shift into that now. So now that I've gone on about my rant of, of trying it before poo-pooing it like I did, or you'll just come to it when you're ready, or maybe you'll never come to it. Maybe it's not your thing. But I think if you're listening, there's at least some sort of a curiosity. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here, right? All right, so let's talk about the gifts the gifts and what archetypes can do for us. Part of the magic of working in archetypal energy is it helps us to be impersonal. It helps us to step out of our little attachments, out of our little emotional self, out of our defenses, out of our ways of blocking those deeper realms of our being right? And if we start to relate, I shouldn't even say that. No, I will. I'll say that. If we start to relate to a myth, 
or a story. Now this, this could be a movie, right? Like movies can be really beautiful doorways into self, things that you really resonate with. Like particular themes of movies that you love, right? Like you love the love story. Well, there's some wisdom in there probably for you. There's something there for you to know about self. Like why are you so drawn to that particular theme, that particular love story thing, and not this one, right? So it starts to show us patterns in ourselves. It's every spiritual master will tell you the path of awakening is know thyself. So this is a tool to start to know thyself. And it's a tool that helps us to know the parts of self that are sometimes really freaking hard to access. The parts of self that we might not want to see. For instance, Lilith. That was episode, I think two episodes ago. If we can start to talk about and we can start to energetically open to that particular energy of Lilith, exterior to ourself, right? in a non-attached, non-judgmental, so now I'm not judging myself for being a wildly ferocious woman, it's a lot easier on my ego. It's almost like what we're doing, this is what we're doing actually, is we're kind of sneaking around the ego through the back door. That's what we're doing. It's a way of sneaking around. And so we're, we're in the myth and we're reading the myth and we're reading about Lilith and we're like, wow, Lilith is this manipulative, sex-stealing, wild woman who's pissed off at the masculine and she's, she's pissed off about being oppressed. She's pissed off at everybody. She's pissed off at women too for oppressing her, right? And, and we start to, we're, we're going in the back door. Like it's the back door. Because I can't say oftentimes, shine the light directly at myself and that's why it's called the shadow. It's hard to get to. We don't want to go there. It's not pretty usually. But, but instead of having to shine it right on myself and go, wow, I am really pissed off, or I'm really sad, or I manipulate. Instead of us having to do it that directly with the light beaming right at us and it's painful and our defenses come up, what the archetypes do is they like, come in from the back door and they're like, hey, it's all right. Like, I did that shit. It's, it's okay, it's okay. And then they sneak in and they get you. Like they get you. But they do it in this way of like holding a little flame. It's like this little candle that they're coming in with from the back door. It's like a little flame like, hey, do you wanna see this, see this thing about yourself? It's not so bad. Instead of like a full on, you know, like torch shining right at you and you're like, oh my God, I, I'm not ready to see that much about myself that fast. Does that make sense? That's shadow work. So that's one of the big, big, big gifts of archetypal work is, is the ability for them to help us traverse the realms of the shadow. There's nothing wrong with the shadow. I love, the, I, I think shadow work is some of the most transformative, amazing, beautiful work in the world. And really all it is, is it's just shining a light on the things that just didn't want to be seen, right? The hidden stuff, the stuff that we've hidden, the emotions that we've hidden, the different things that we've hidden. So part of the gift of working with the archetypes is it's this beautiful back doorway around. Now, if you do, experiential work like we do in rewilding 
I was going to say embodiment work, but sometimes embodiment is like, wow, I'm never going to be able to embody an archetype. And, and it's not like that. So if you do experiential work with the archetypes, it's, it goes beyond the mind. So the, the rational mind, it takes you into deeper realms. It takes you into those unconscious places, those subconscious places that are constantly creating things. They're constantly drawing things to us. They're constantly pushing things away from us. Um, and so the archetypes are able to get us in there. The second thing that the archetypes gift us with is big, huge, beautiful initiations. Huge. And the things that I've gotten to see and witness is a woman comes to a circle and she has never, ever heard of Hygieia, let's say, or Hecate. These are medicine women, so these, these two fall in the face of the medicine woman. Let's work with Hecate. I like Hecate because she's very tangible. Um, she comes into a rewilding workshop and she's like, yep, I'm, I don't know what I'm getting into. I just feel like I'm supposed to be there and I just kind of feel called to be here. I have no idea what the hell these archetypes are, what shamanism is, what tantra. I don't know. I don't care. I'm just here. And we open the door to Hecate, who is this earthy medicine woman who holds women's wisdom, who holds um, that sacred knowledge of woman. She's a midwife. She understands the blood mysteries of women. She's very connected to the moon. That's Hecate. So we open the door to her. We energetically open that door. We awaken. We invite her in and we invite that part of ourselves to open. So now this woman who has never heard of medicine women, never heard of Hecate, had no idea that she actually held this much magic in her body, this much woman's wisdom, right? This much connection to the earth, to the moon, to the cycles, to nature. She had no idea, no idea. But what happens is you open that door and suddenly she goes, Oh my gosh, I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. Do you know how often I hear that? I'm home. It's not always with Hecate. It's with all of the different archetypes, depending on who our major players are. But she had no idea that residing within her was this big, glorious, beautiful energy of medicine woman. No clue. Her family had not been open to it for ages, right? So the ancestral lines shut down to medicine woman ages ago, maybe during the witch burnings. Her society, not open to medicine woman, right? Her family, her friends, not open to medicine woman. And she gets in this energy. We open the door and she goes, oh my God, this is the part of me. This is me. Thank God. Thank God this is open. Thank God this has awakened me. Finally. Right? But she didn't even know that she was missing it. How, how beautiful is that? How magical is that? She didn't even, we don't even know what we're missing. We don't even know the parts. We don't know what we don't know. 
We don't know what we don't know. You don't know what parts are missing. I don't know what parts I'm still missing, right? I've explored 50 archetypes and I still, there's still more. I know there's more, right? But we don't know until they come, until they initiate us into them, until they open within us, until they awaken. So it's not just about this shadow work and this derubbling, it's also this coming home to parts of self that we've all got them. We've all got them. It's just how open are we, right? It's the Shakti, the fullness. And we'll just talk about the feminine right now, the fullness of the feminine. Right? This is the fullness, all of these parts. But the way I grew up and the way a lot of women grew up, it's, okay, these right here are the ones that I'm able to function in, that I've been awakened to, that are acceptable in my society and my life. Okay, we're half alive or an eighth, right? That's a one sixteenth. And then you start to do these archetypes. And now you're here, you're here, you're here, you're here. Your medicine woman, your lover, your Medusa, your Lilith, your Kali, your mother, you're all of it, right? What? Like to me, that's awakening. To me, that's us stepping into our allness. That's us stepping into our fullness. Same goes with the masculine. So I did say that we're gonna talk about the masculine archetypes. We are both. I am both masculine and I am feminine. And it's the same with my masculine archetypes. It's how much of them am I open to? So this goes the same for men. So this isn't just us doing the work. This isn't just us as women coming into our allness, us opening up to the fullness of our feminine and the fullness of our masculine, it's the same journey for men. Them opening up to the fullness of their masculine, right? You see men and they're, they're, they're open. This might be a good, like, fun way of looking at it outside of ourselves, is you see men and you know there's more to them. Like, you know, you know there is a lover in them. There is a tantric God in them, right? You know that there's emotion there. You know there's compassion. You know that there's so much more to them. But what they've been raised in is just this. This is only what's allowed in the masculine. I can only be really tough, really strong. I'm supposed to provide and protect. Da-da-da, da-da-da, na-na-na, na-na-na, right? It's the same. And so we start to open up to all of these other aspects of the masculine. So both the men, as well as us as the women. And I love this Magdalena, like a soul self retrieval. And a lot of times some of these processes become soul retrievals. So that's sort of a shamanic term, oftentimes is soul retrievals, but you'll see it. Like you start doing this big work and you get in women's circle, you come on a rewilding retreat, you'll see, you'll see either you will go through one yourself or you will see, you will, you will see it in another woman. Um, and I, I love that you brought that in, Magdalena. Thank you. Okay, so there's a whole lot more to archetypes and a whole lot more magic and a lot more that I could talk about. But I do want to honor our time together. I do want to talk about some warnings and some tips for working with archetypes. So tip for working with archetypes is 
they will show up very, very, very differently for you than they will for me, than they will for the woman next to you. I cannot stress this enough. Don't compare. Don't compare. You are unique. You are wired uniquely. They will come to you in a very unique way and it will be very, very different to the woman next to you, to the woman next to her, to the woman next to her. No comparison. I know we are so trained to compare. We are so trained to do it, to look and go, oh, I must not be doing this right. Oh, Sabrina does it that way. I should do it that way. No. When working on these levels, right, when starting to traverse into the middle archetypal realm and the upper archetypal realm, it is just giving yourself freedom, right? Giving these archetypal energies freedom to express through you, in you, to you in the unique way that they're meant to. So it's being very, very open to how they show up in your life, whether they show up in another person, whether they show up through a post on Facebook, whether they show up within you, right? Arising within you and you feel Hecate in you. You feel that you are the medicine woman. Or they show up in a vision. Maybe you're doing a shamanic vision quest and they show up outside of you and they're, they're communicating with you or they're connecting with you in some way, right? There's a lot of different ways for them to show up. And it's us not limiting it and saying, you must show up like this, otherwise I don't believe in you and it's this. And it's giving ourselves freedom, giving ourselves freedom to be totally unique in how we traverse these realms, how we open, how we awaken, and also to what degree each archetype sings to us, resonates with us. So we all have a few archetypes that course through our bodies, right? That are just us. So for instance, the rewilding team, Elise. Elise, I, I know you're okay with me talking about you. I've already asked if I could do this. Elise, she walks in a room and you feel the medicine woman walking in. You can feel her. Kelly, sorry, Kelly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call you out too. Kelly, she does a reflexology session on you and you can feel Isis. You can feel Isis pouring through her, right? Um, sorry, Kelly. <laughs> like, Elise, I'm glad you're saying yes. Kelly, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. I love you, ladies. Um, but we're all very, very different, and we all resonate differently um, with the different archetypes. But there will be some that will be you. <laughs> on each of the levels, right? So I need, regardless of if you're working in the upper, I'm not worried about the lower archetypal realm. I'm, I'm, that's not my work in the world. I love it. And there's a lot of beautiful things to do there, but that's not my work in the world. So in this middle archetypal realm or the upper archetypal realm, there will be, there will be energies there that you don't even know exist. But there, that's the I am home. That's that I am home piece. Okay, um, there was a warning that I wanted to give when working with archetypes. So it's interesting when, when I start to feel into the archetypes and, and just 
sort of open for creativity to come in and for whatever it is that we're going to talk about today to come in, one of the things that came in very, very, very strongly was the warning of don't blame an archetype for something that you're experiencing or you're doing. Don't blame an archetype for your actions. So maybe it's not experience so much. It's more don't blame an archetype for your actions. Um, Oftentimes I hear women say, oh, I destroyed my husband last night or I was really nasty to my husband last night and it's, it's because of Kali. It's not because of Kali. It's not because of Kali. Those are your choices. It was you. It wasn't Kali. It was you. So that's one thing that I really want to clear up about this archetypal stuff is the more that we can own it, yeah, there's a Kali inside of you. And until you purify her, she is going to be a nasty bitch. She is going to be a beast. All of the dark goddesses are. That's their gift, is they take you to your worst places. They purify you. They're doing it because they want to purify you. They want to bring love and bring light to the most hidden, witchiest, ickiest, hurtful places within self. That's their gift. Um, And the more that we can bring it back to self, the more that we're going to awaken the more that we're going to open, the more that we're going to step into our allness, the more that we're going to come into our happiness, our bliss, our joy, our love, our wholeness, right? Our allness, our fullness, our gifts. The more that we can continue to know thyself. That's the whole thing is the know thyself. Just keep bringing it back, bringing it back. So that was the one big warning that I wanted to give about archetypes. The last thing that I want to talk about archetypes and then I'll open it up to questions is are there higher realms? So that question of is it worthwhile working with, uh, can I just go straight up, right? Like Sabrina, if you're saying to me that there's a middle archetypal realm, there's an upper archetypal realm, and then there's essences, and then there's spaces beyond that. Why don't I just go there? One, because you can't get there until you're ready. You won't get there. Those places don't open until you're ready. There's nothing else I can say about that. If I had a magic wand and I could take us all into the essences and I could take us all above and beyond that into the purity, the light, the truth, the love, I would wave that magic wand over the whole world. This doesn't work like that. So it's the same in a workshop. I will go as high as a group is ready to go. I will, I will traverse far beyond the archetypal realms when a group's ready to go. It doesn't happen in a weekend workshop, has it? One time it's happened in a weekend workshop, in a two-day workshop. Once we've went beyond the upper archetypal realm. It happens in mystery school when we're working together deeply, intensely, in huge Shakti for six months. It happens sometimes on four-day retreats, not all of the time. 
but sometimes it happens on four-day retreats. There is never a pushing into those realms. You don't get to push there. You don't get to go, I'm gonna skip the shadow work and I'm just gonna go straight up. Well, you could, but that's a whole different path. That's a path that doesn't honor the divine feminine. That's a path that doesn't honor the body. That's a path that doesn't honor life itself. It transcends life itself. It transcends the body. Like, just let me get the fuck out of here and hang out up here. That, and that's some people's valid path. I have nothing against that. But it's not what we do in rewilding. It's, it's not what the women that I work with, the women of rewilding do. It's an honoring... <clears throat> of both paths equally. Both paths equally, both the feminine path and the masculine path. So when people ask me, all right, well, should I just, you know, can I just skip, skip this stuff? No, I, you don't, we don't get to. You might get little sprinkles of that that come in or you might do some drugs to get to that, but it's not earned consciousness. It's not earned. You're not earning that level of vibration. You can go visit that level of vibration and it's beautiful to visit and visiting it inspires us to walk the path. But when you earn that level of consciousness, you stay there. It's always accessible. Those heights, that purity, that love, that light, it's always, but you have to earn it. You have to earn it. And you earn it by doing the practice. You earn it by doing the shadow work. You earn it by doing the meditation. It's like um, archetypes. This is the last thing I want to say in archetypes. And then I promise we're going to open up to questions before I fucking blow the roof off of this joint. Um, doing archetypal work. Doing archetypal work is not reading about the archetypes. It's doing it. It's opening the door to them. It's the experiential component of it. It's the embodiment of it. It's doing practice with them. It's like riding a bike. You could read a book about riding a bike, but you're not riding a bike. Meditation. It's like reading a book about how to meditate and you're just reading, right? You're just reading. It says, okay, sit cross-legged, close your eyes. You're not doing it. You're just reading about it versus the doing of it. And so that's the thing that I want to close and start to calm down about. Um, do the practices. And they don't have to be archetypal practices, right? I'll end on this. So I talk about this middle archetypal realm and I talk about this upper archetypal realm and then I talk about the essences and then I talk about getting up there. That's the same path regardless of what tradition you're following regardless of what tools or what path you're following, it's, this, it's, it, it's similar, right? Like we're, it's all just different ladders up to the same place, right? It's just different ladders up to the same place. So working in these, these realms doesn't have to be gods and goddesses. It doesn't have to, it could be very shamanic. It could be very tantric. It could be body-based. It could be breath work, right? And, and part of the reason why it rewilding, and for me it's important to do a lot of different practices and a lot of different modalities, is because some things will resonate more for you than they will for me. And so it's a lot, it's coming at you from all angles. And then 
working here, working here, and then this opens, and then this opens, and that opens. In an organic way, in a sustainable way, in an evolutionary way, in an awakening way. So it's not just brief glimpses of, whoa, I can feel the oneness for an hour or two days while I'm at, at this thing. It's a constant, and that's the path to me. Okay, now I'm done. I love this. Um, there's already questions, so how beautiful is this? Um, by the way, Teresa, you're amazing, and you already know how to do this, so if you could see in the comments, the best way to get a question through to me is to put three question marks at the start. Otherwise, um, I have to kind of scroll through and guess what's a question and what's a comment. Um, resources for working with the middle and upper archetypal realms. Do rewilding. <laughs> Examples of what practices the doing. Um, so these are two questions from Teresa. Um, first, I mean, really, how can I not talk about rewilding when I, I, when I get asked about resources for working in the middle and upper archetypal realms? Inner circle. Rewilding inner circle is going to open. We work in both the middle and the upper archetypal realms. We go through all 36 archetypes. We're planning on opening up inner circle at the end of October. Um, come on retreat. There's a retreat in the U.S. in October. There's four spots left. That's definitely middle, definitely upper archetypal realm, and potentially higher depending on where we can go with the group. Outside of those things, there's Sally Kempton's work, her Awakening Shakti. I'm sharing that as a resource because to me, it's not just a studying of the archetypes. She gives you practices to do them. So that's probably the best resource that I can share. Magdalena, come on retreat. Yeah! <laughs> um, I love that we're going to be on retreat together, Magdalena. Um, Paula, rewilding is shamanic, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, a lot of different shamanic practices that we do in rewilding. It's combination of archetypal practices, combination of shamanic practices such as vision questing, shamanic journeys, drumming, soul retrievals, um, and just other ways of altering states of consciousness that are very similar to shamanic traditions. Um, Carolyn, how to work with male archetypes? Find it more difficult to access them. Um, oh, and Sherry, sorry, I missed yours. Doing the work, what is the work? I love that, sister. That's the best. Um, okay, so Sherry, I'm gonna answer your question first, and then Carolyn, I'm gonna get to yours because it's pretty similar how to work with male archetypes and what is doing the work. So Sherry, to me, doing the work is doing the practices, doing the meditations, doing what calls to you to open, to awaken, like what is singing to you to open, to awaken. Are the archetypes calling? Is shaman shamanism calling? Is tantric practices calling? Is some other type of meditation practice calling to you? What's calling? It's doing the work. It's whatever... It's also about holding yourself to the fire. So on a very simplistic way, it's about holding that intention of 
I want to become more conscious. I want to know thyself. I want to open to my allness and my fullness. So just saying those prayers starts to wield the whole of the divine, right? The whole of the universe starts to support that prayer, that those words, that intention that you're holding. So it's, it's coming into that alignment of, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to do soul work. To me, the work is soul work. To me, the work is coming to my soul. What is my soul here to express? What is my soul here to do? What sings to my soul? How can I get in closer contact with my soul? And for me, soul, soul is just my connection to the divine. Soul is like Shakti to me. Soul is like the divine feminine that pours through me. So there's just, we can get all like mixed up in the terminology, but to me, that's doing the work. Now to answer Carolyn, your question on how to do the work with the divine masculine, same. Accessing divine masculine will oftentimes, this is for us in rewilding, will oftentimes be through different doorways in. So for instance, the feminine is all about movement, is all about breath, is about sound, is about very much the body. Some of the masculine archetypes are, you can access them in similar ways, but others, there are different access points, different doorways in to start to open to the masculine archetypes, but it's still archetypal work, still opens up the masculine for you. Or you can start to do practices with Shiva. You can start to do stillness practices. So those are masculine. Those are divine masculine practices. You can start to do practices with the Christ light. You could do tantric practices of opening and inviting the light of the divine masculine up in through the yoni. You want to talk about a transformative practice? There's a potent one for you. <laughs> okay, uh, let me see if there's other, other questions. Oh, Allison, I love you, woman. Are you coming back to Europe? So maybe this is a good time to just share a little bit about this. I'm sorry I'm talking so fast. I want to give you guys as much as I can before our time is up, which is about nine minutes. Um, Allison, we are looking at getting over to the UK in June. June it should be June, June, July timeframe. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely on our 2019 schedule is to get over to the UK, to get over to Europe. It's on our list and we're working on it on the back end. Um, I'm really excited about that. Also, Australian women, Australian sisters, my home, my love, where Rewilding was founded, working on getting back over to you January of 2019. Um, Fingers crossed for a mystery school term one starting in the end of January or February. Um, and then that'll be a six month term, but also just some other retreats and events in Australia. And then back to the US the second half of 2019. So that's a rough schedule. We don't have any of these events posted yet. Um, the only thing that we've got for the rest of the year um, for live events is that retreat here in the U.S. in Colorado in October. And there's four, well, as of this morning anyways, there were four spots left for that. So if you want to do a really big rewilding experience in the U.S., that's a great one. That's like a level three rewilding. 
Um, otherwise, we're going to be opening up Inner Circle again and a lot of different online stuff. So my aim and my plan is to get in the next six weeks. I'm giving myself six weeks. I really plan on having this out in like four weeks. Sorry, Kelly. Sorry, Elise. Um, I love you, ladies. <laughs> Uh, is to have all six faces, um, some sort of a online workshop, some sort of an experiential journey into all six faces of the feminine. Um, so that's just for those of you who maybe can't get to in-person stuff because I know sometimes it's really expensive or travel or time or blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, ah, Miriam, this is a great question. And this is a hard one to answer. So how can we tell if lack of resonating means there's nothing there or if we're resisting what's there? So the reason it's so hard for me to answer is because your, the way that you will express lack of resonating versus lack of resistance will be different to how Susie represents or expresses lack of resonating to lack of resistance, right? Again, it goes back to that thing of it all shows up differently for us, and so do our defense mechanisms, so do our protection mechanisms. Um, but here's probably something that's pretty safe to say. If our, and you and I have worked together before, Miriam, so for me, it's if there's nothing there, and I say this because you can work with archetypes, right? So there, um, once we start to work with them, it's like the door has opened. And if we feel there's usually something. So I have never, this is me though, I have never worked with an archetype where there's been nothing there. N never. I have... This is a really big statement to say. Here, I can definitely say this for sure. I have never worked one-on-one -on -one with a woman who's worked with an archetype and there's nothing there. Never. And I say one-on-one -on -one because it's very easy for me to see. What I almost said was I've never been in circle with a woman who has had nothing there in an archetype, but we've had 50-person events, so I don't always have my eyes on everybody. So that might not be a totally correct statement. Um, but to me, Miriam, there will be something, even if it's just like a small essence, like, um, who's not like Juno is not a very loud archetype for me. Um, go figure. It's the goddess of marriage, right? She's not a very loud archetype for me, but I can feel her. So I can feel her and there's always something there. There's an essence of her. There's an insight there. There's, a, there's, there's always something. Um, I hope that helps, Miriam. Um, to me, sometimes when... Yeah, no, I'll leave it at that. Um, I, I'll leave it at that. How much time do we have? Four minutes, four minutes. Let's do some more. Retreat um, <laughs> in Europe. Would it be possible? I would love that. <laughs> me too, Manon. Um... Do you know of any rewilding type circles retreats in the UK? Um, Hannah, the one that we're doing in June, July, uh, to answer your question, I don't. Um, I really don't know. Um, I don't. I don't have any resources. Um, 
What is the difference? Oh, Paula, this is a great question. What is the difference between shamanic and tantric? So if we look at historical viewpoints of shamanism uh, versus tantra, historically shamanism were, um, it was like the ancient spiritual traditions. Um, it's very earth-based, very much about, wow, it's so hard to put words to this stuff. Um, very much about, oh, here, I'll just give you some words. You can feel into this. So it's like mother earth, father sky. I'm drumming very much base chakra, very much community tribe, very much about soul, very much about being embodied, very much about walking on this earth. I am in connection to plant, animal. I'm in connection to, um, to the north, the south, the east, the west. I set up a medicine wheel. I have fires. I dance around the fires chanting. That's how I alter my state of consciousness, right? I do vision quests, um, but I'm very connected to animals, very connected to plants, very connected to nature. Nature speaks to me. Nature talks to me. There's a symbolism and there's a magic in nature. I think this is how I'm always going to explain things is just let us feel into them. So that's shamanism. Now flip over. What is Tantra? So Tantra is instead of Mother Earth, Father Sky, Tantra is divine feminine, which is life force itself. It's the embodiment of the divine. It's everything that's alive is one aspect of Tantra. That's the divine feminine, and then there's the divine masculine. So the divine masculine is what holds all of life itself. So the divine masculine is consciousness itself. The divine masculine is that which holds life. It's that which witnesses life. It's still. So you can see there's this polarity between the two. There's this dance. It's like yin and yang um, in Chinese tradition. It's, it's, it's also using the energies of Shiva and Shakti. So to me, it's also very much about opening and awakening to Kundalini. That's a big part of the mysteries that are held within Tantra is opening up that divine energy that runs through your body, the Shakti, right? The Shakti, the Kundalini, allowing, allowing that life force of us to open, to awaken, to move us, to guide us. And then how does that come into union? So then you can start to look at sacred sexuality as well or even just relating to masculine, and it's how does my feminine dance with the masculine? What is the relationship here? What is the dance within myself? So how full can I express my feminine? How full can I express my masculine? And then how do they dance together? Do they dance well together? Because when they dance well together, I'm coming from this deeply feminine, creative, connected, intuitive soul felt place in connection with the masculine, which helps me to bring it into the world. It gives me direction. It gives me focus. It allows things to manifest. Do you see how that kind of weaves together? 
That was fun. <laughs> that was a great question, Paula. I'm super grateful for you for asking that one. Okay, um, my dear, amazing, beautiful friends, thank you. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for creating what it is that we create when we come together in circle. It is such a co-creation and I am just totally um, grateful for your inspiration absolutely invite you to email topics into us. Um, if you want to email them in, you can go on our website under the contact us, or you can just email them to support at rewildingforwomen.com. Also, if you're not subscribed, astrology report goes out the first of the month. That's in like three or four days. Um, so if you're an insider, you get, um, that and I'll also do a little bit more of a write up in there too, just to let you know what's going on with Rewilding. We're getting a new website. <laughs> um, I've been diligently writing our whole new website. Um, so there's a lot of really beautiful things. Also, want to talk a tiny little bit. This is the last thing I'm going to end on this tiny little bit about next week's episode. So, we are on a weekly schedule. So, every Wednesday, um, we'll be doing lives in the Facebook group. Um, I have this crazy idea based on the most controversial Facebook posts that went into our group this week. So if you've been in the Facebook group and hanging out, there were some controversial videos that were shared. One was women apologizing to the masculine. And, and that brings up a lot of different things, a lot of different things. And I want to talk about that next week. So I don't know how on earth I am going to traverse such a controversial um, realm, but we're, we're going to give it a try. We're at least going to open the discussion um, around that. So the other video here, I can tell you what these were, just in case you want to search these. Um, one, the one that I just talked about where it was um, a message from women to men. So if you search that term, it was a complete man. A complete men post, a message from women to men. And that was where women were apologizing to the masculine, which is huge. It's huge, right? And brings up a lot of stuff like, why the fuck should we be apologizing? Right? But that's only one side of the coin. There's the talk about shadow. Talk about showing us, like... Our, our rage, our grief, our pain, our wounds. It is so big and so, um, such wild realms to, to, to traverse. So I'm really excited to talk about that next week. The other video that was, um, that was shared, it's called Man Enough, episode four, hashtag me too. So this was a group of men sitting around a table talking about the atrocities that men have done to women, them talking about owning their role in society and how our society is still, at least this is in America, how our society is still um, almost inviting um, the objectification of women. So it's, oh, I've had tears, I've had a lot of tears over these videos and a lot of passion around them and just really want to open up the discussion around it next week. So I hope to see you uh, next week for that. If you want to search those terms, maybe somebody can write them in the comments or maybe somebody already has. I haven't scrolled all the way down, um, all the way down. But if you just search within the Facebook group, you'll see the two videos that I'm talking about. And I'll probably put up some posts just saying like, hey, 
Um, these are the posts that or the videos that you can have a look at before we have our discussion next week. So, all right, that's it for me. I love you. I love you. I love you. And thank you.